0: So glad that you've joined in. And and Father, as we begin to get into our Bible study, um, I thank you that we have the technology today uh, during these perilous times that we are in. And there's something here for us as we read this and as we consider this. So bless this time. Touch every heart that is listening in right now. Uh, We need to be encouraged. We need to hear your truth. I pray it would lead to to longing for you, Lord, more of you. Just as David was out in the wilderness praying that prayer, that, Lord, I long for you in a dry and thirsty land. And so, Lord, bless this time as we study your word. In Jesus' name, amen. In Psalm 63, a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah, we do read, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. In verse 3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live, and I will lift my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips." When I remember you on my bed, verse six, I meditate on you in the night watches, because you have been my help, and therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you, your right hand upholds me. And as we've been looking at these psalms, Psalms 61, 62 and '63, if you join us on Sunday mornings uh, going through these psalms, this is a trilogy of psalms that David wrote when he was out in the wilderness. And as we have discussed that David had to flee Jerusalem, as you read those chapters in Second Samuel chapters 15 through 18, as David's son Absalom, had plotted and planned and manipulated uh, for a time to where the hearts of, of the men of Israel had turned towards Absalom. And he usurped the throne away from his father. He's coming into Jerusalem. David is told, hey, that Absalom is coming for you. Uh, The men of Israel have turned towards him. David fled Jerusalem at that time. He didn't want there to be bloodshed in Jerusalem, so he leaves. He leaves his palace, and it tells us in those chapters that David would cross the Kidron Valley and up over the Mount of Olives as he's fleeing to the wilderness, and he has his head covered, and he's weeping. And he is saying, if the Lord delights, he'll bring me back. But if not, uh, he's going to deal with me as he sees fit, as, as he deals with me justly. And David is heading out to that wilderness area, that area that he has spent so many years in the prime of his life running from Saul when Saul was pursuing him. And all of a sudden, in this difficult time, he's being pursued by his own son Absalom. Absalom wants to kill David. He's making a plan. How can we defeat my father? How can we put him to death? So David is out here at a time of uncertainty. And in Psalm 61, two weeks ago, as we looked at that Psalm, he's overwhelmed. He's out in the wilderness and he begins to cry out to the Lord. And he's looking for that place of stability as he says, from the ends of the earth, I will cry to you, O Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed and lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And And we have perhaps many of you that you are at that place where the uncertainty just begins to overwhelm your heart and you're looking for that place of stability and our stability and our strength and our confidence is in the Lord and we can cry out to him. And perhaps you've been doing that over the last month as we've been dealing with all of this, how it has affected you. Maybe you're thinking this is the end of of my business. This is the end of, of my world as I know it because our lives have all been affected and are changing in every way right now. And so we can cry out to the Lord in Psalm 61. And then in Psalm 62, we talked about waiting on the Lord and that's what we're doing right now. We're waiting on the Lord. We don't know how long this is going to last. And we're waiting in different ways. And as we wait on the Lord, here is David. He says that my soul waits for you. And it's not easy to wait on the Lord. But he does desire to speak to us as we wait for him. The scripture says that he will be good for the, to those who wait on him. He'll be gracious to those who wait on him. And also he will speak to those who are waiting on him. As David cries out that my soul waits silently for God alone, and my hope is from him. And as you are in this place, all of us, of just waiting, I don't know when we're going to be able to gather together once again. As I mentioned, this is the the week that the church, uh, that we celebrate uh, such an amazing time of the year. Holy Week, as, as we look at the events leading up to the crucifixion and burial, and then Resurrection Sunday next week, uh, celebrating that the tomb is empty, that he's alive, that we believe in a risen Savior, that he did the work of defeating death and sin on the cross, and, and to see the church full in multiple services, and that's not going to happen this year. But as I mentioned, that even though this sanctuary will be empty, that we can still celebrate it because the tomb is empty. And as we're waiting on the Lord, when are we going to be able to meet again and to embrace one another and talk with one another? I don't know when. Uh, I know that the, the dates are the end of April, but we don't know if it will extend past then. So in the meantime, we're waiting on the Lord. And I know that the Lord's been speaking to my heart on some things during this time of waiting, and he wants to speak to you as well. And now as we go into Psalm 63, as we cry out to the Lord, and as we're waiting on the Lord, this is what I pray takes place in all of our lives, that we would long for the Lord. And notice here in Psalm 63, David out in that wilderness He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know if he's going to return to Jerusalem to be on the throne again. He doesn't know if he's going to end up being killed by the men of Israel that are going to come against him. He doesn't know what's going to happen to his son Absalom that uh, has come against him. And he still loved his son. And as David is in that place of uncertainty and waiting, he begins to cry out to the Lord, O God, you are my God, in verse 1 again. Early will I seek you, and my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. As David is out there in that place, he doesn't give a prayer of of wanting, Lord, I want to go back to Jerusalem. He doesn't say, I want to go back to the throne. I want to go back to my routines. I I want to go back to where I had the power. I want to go back to the palace. I, I want to be established once again. He's not praying that. And I know that our prayer is, Lord, I do want to get back to work. I want to get back to some of the routines that I had. I want to be able to go to the grocery store and not worry about wearing a mask. We pray for those things, and there's nothing wrong for that. But one of the things that I learned from David here is he says that, Lord, you are my God. You are my God. You are my God personally and early I will seek you, and I long for you. He is not saying, how come, and how could this, and why did this happen? He is saying, Lord, in this wilderness that I am in, in this dryness that I am going through, I long for you, I thirst in my soul for you. And I know that in the wilderness experience that all of us are feeling, and in the dryness, That it's hard to get up. And I'll admit, there's been days over the last couple weeks that I didn't really want to get up. I didn't really want to spend time with the Lord. But as I got up and I said, Lord, I just need to be refreshed and renewed by you, that he will honor that just as he's touched my heart. And I want to be to that place of, Lord, I long for you. Whether I'm here in this desert, David says, whether in this dry place, I thirst for you. I want more of you. I want to be refreshed and revived by you. And the Lord honors that heart. Even when we can just barely express it or we don't feel like getting up, that we would come to the place of, Lord, I long for you in this dry and thirsty place and situation that I am in. I desire you, Lord, just as our bodies desire water on a hot, dry day. We're going to have some spring days coming up. It's going to get warmer. And we take a walk, and we need that water. And in our spiritual walk, we need the Lord. We need him every day to have a thirst for him. And that's my prayer, is that that would take place as we just continue through this this time that we are in. It reminds me of, as we observe Palm Sunday, of course, it's the time where uh, Jesus came riding triumphally into Jerusalem. That's what we call it, the triumphal entry, and I like to remind us that the true triumphal entry is gonna be in the second coming of Jesus Christ when he comes. To the Mount of Olives, and and he establishes his kingdom and sits on the throne of David, but the triumphal entry as Jesus comes in for the last week of his life includes uh, coming into Jerusalem on the first day of Passover on that Sunday, uh, a great celebration, and by the uh, end of the week uh, we see that he's crucified we know that uh, he's hung, hanging on a cross buried and then uh, on the first day of the week after that week of Passover that he rises from the grave but in the triumphal entry it's interesting to consider it because as we read about it I'm going to read from John chapter 12 and verse 12 that a great multitude had, that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And when Jesus, then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, that fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Of course, a fulfillment is Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. And we know the story of the triumphal entry. We've heard it many times, perhaps have read it before. But you put the gospel accounts together of the triumphal entry of Jesus recorded in all four gospels. We know that Jesus, making his way up from the Jordan Valley, that there was a great multitude with Jesus coming up from, uh, as he passed through Jericho, about 30 miles down in the Jordan Valley from the Mount of Olives. And he's there, and you read in Luke's gospel how blind Bartimaeus is healed and then Zacchaeus gets saved and as he's about ready to make his ascent up to Jerusalem and that's where the pilgrims the travelers during that ascent from they're going from you know below sea level 1000 feet below sea level to where Jerusalem is over 3000 feet above sea level is a steep climb but they had the songs of the ascent that you read in the book of Psalms that they would be singing And at this time that Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem, that the Gospels again say there was a great multitude with Jesus. And Jesus, Luke's Gospel uniquely tells us that people are expecting him to usher in the kingdom of God immediately. So Jesus stopped and he told the parable of the mina. And that is there was a man, a ruler, who gave each of his servants a mina and then he went away to a faraway place to receive uh, a kingdom and Eventually would come back and each one of those servants had to give an account of what they did with that mina that was entrusted to them and in that we learn so much about how we and it's very similar to the parable of the talents in Matthew's gospel how what's been entrusted to us what we are to, you know, invest um, those things, uh, the gospel, uh, the gifts that the Lord has given to us, the opportunities, investing in the kingdom. Because Jesus would say, occupy till I come. And we know that he is going to come back, but in the meantime, to invest in the things of the Lord, in the kingdom of God, what has been given to us, the opportunities, the gifts that he's given to you, the talents that he's given to you, that we are investing in him because he is going to come back and he's going to establish his kingdom. So he tells that parable and he he comes up to Jerusalem. So there's a great multitude with him. Matthew tells us that the people come out of Jerusalem to meet him uh, and the whole city was moved. It's where we get our word earthquake. And they had never seen anything like it. And of course, in the triumphal entry, we know that Jesus making his way from the Mount of Olives across the Kidron Valley into the city, the opposite of where David uh, had uh, gone across the Kidron Valley over the Mount of Olives out into the wilderness. But the thing that is similar is even as David was weeping, Jesus was weeping as well. You see, in this happening of Palm Sunday, the people are waving the palm branches and they're crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And they're thinking that the Lord's going to usher in uh, the kingdom right now. Heaven's going to open up. Angels are going to descend. The Romans are going to get theirs. He's going to overthrow the yoke of Roman, uh, of Rome. He, he's going to deal with those Roman soldiers. And they were looking for Jesus As they're crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that this is it. Here is our political, material Messiah that is coming on the scene. You see, we also know from John's gospel earlier that it was the crowd up in the Galilee region before this, right after defeating the 5,000, that they were about ready to crown him as king. Uh, He fed us he's healed us of every kind of disease if we hail him as our Messiah as we crown him as our king We won't go hungry again. We we won't ever be sick again. And it says that Jesus dismissed the crowds and as here They're crying out waving the palm branches which was a symbol of political freedom and national freedom That Jesus knew that they were not coming to him for the right reasons And longing for him. Please understand what I'm saying. There's nothing wrong with, Lord, help me financially. Because we're going through a hard time. Lord, my business. Lord, I want to provide for my family. Because he cares for those things. And he cares for the needs that you have. But more than anything, what our prayer should be that, Lord, that you would write into my heart that I would long for you, even as David... David, who had lost everything at this time, that he's writing this psalm. And Lord, I want to know you more. And I know that you will take care of me, that you're going to provide for me. And you see, as Jesus was weeping over Jerusalem, that he was weeping because he knew by the end of the week when they realized that he wasn't going to usher in the kingdom and to give them their material political world that they were expecting that they would cry out, crucify him. And we will not have this man rule over us. But Jesus came, and and that's what we remember during this week leading up to Good Friday and the resurrection. Jesus came to free us from the greatest bondage and need that any person has, and that is the bondage of sin. And as Jesus is weeping, he knew that they would be rejecting him but he would go to a cross to die for you and for me so that we can be free from the penalty of sin and then as we live for him from the bondage of sin. And he went to the cross, as we're going to talk about on Friday, and cried, it is finished. I've done the work. I paid the price so that we do have hope. And he is going to come and establish his kingdom, but that we would long for him. And it's interesting that in John chapter 12, let me read it to you quickly, that it was in the same chapter that the Greeks came to the feast and came up to worship and they came to Philip who was from Bethsaida of Galilee and asked him saying sir we wish to see Jesus and Philip came and told Andrew and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus and Jesus answered them saying the hour has come that the son of man should be glorified and most assuredly I say to you unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain. What was Jesus saying in this because here are these Greeks they weren't Jews the Greeks that came to Jerusalem, they came to see the magnificent temple. They came to check it out. They came to, to worship. And they come and they say, we want to see Jesus. And Jesus answers them by talking about a seed that is buried, that is dead. But then it, it germinates and, it, and, and uh, it produces much grain. It becomes alive again. And what Jesus was saying to those Greeks who were men of science and men of philosophy and men of intellect... That if you really want to see me, then see me in the light of my death and my burial and resurrection. And I pray this week that we would really take the time that as we say, I wish to see you, Lord, I want more of you, that we would see him in the light of his death and burial and resurrection, what he's provided for us forgiveness of sin, he's conquered sin and death, that we don't have to be afraid. And that we have a hope that comes through a risen Savior. And may we be like David that says, I long for you. So verse 2, I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. I, I like that. As I, I think about the sanctuary, we've heard a lot, haven't we, about the church is not a building. And, and I know it's not. It's the people. But I do think about that this sanctuary here that is empty right now, I got a few of the guys that are sitting, you know, apart from each other, uh, listening right now, Uh, but as we are in, you know, this place and it's empty, it is odd, And, and it's odd to think that it's going to be empty all week long, because this building, which is just a building, but this building has been dedicated to the Lord, and I think about how, the, the power of the Lord has been here. People have gotten saved over the years. People have rededicate their lives to the Lord. They have grown in the word of God. God has brought healing to their souls, to their hearts, to marriages. How, how people uh, have been blessed in so many ways by the fellowship. How we've grown in the Lord together here. We've done baby dedications. And we've done weddings and We've even said goodbye to saints that have gone home to be with the Lord. So much has happened here. And I am confident we'll continue when we're able to meet again. But I do want to encourage you in this, that your home now is a sanctuary. And the Lord wants to continue to work. To see his power working in you and his glory as you minister to your children. As you're ministering to maybe perhaps elderly parents as you're ministering to whoever is linked to you in your life. He still wants to work. And David here, as he says, first of all, I still have God, but then number two, as we read in verse three, he says, I still have a song. Because your love and kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live, and I will lift my hands to your name, and my soul shall be... Satisfied with morrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. I still have God. Second of all, I still have a song. He says, I will praise you with joyful lips. I have to be honest. There have been days over the last couple of weeks that I have been one that has spoken with complaining lips, pouty lips, I want to come to this place where every day I want to praise you with joyful lips. And I want to remind us once again that that joy is something that is much richer, much deeper than happiness. Happiness, uh, I'm all for happiness, but it's dependent upon circumstances. And I think that in the honesty of our hearts that most of us can say right now, I'm not really happy right now. But we can be joyful and joyful uh, and having joy, that joy unspeakable. Uh, We can have because we have the Lord. And joy is just that deep sense in our hearts, even in difficulty, of the assurance and the peace and the confidence that the Lord is working, and he is working, and he is with us. And that assurance that he loves us and he cares for us, and he's going to provide for us. So I can praise you, Lord, with joyful lips, because I am forgiven, and I belong to you. I'm your child, and I belong to a kingdom that will last forever. So not only did he say here, I still have God, and I still have a song, but he says, I still have joy. His bed is the desert floor, verse 6. I remember you on my bed. I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I rejoice, verse 7. My soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. I still have God. I still have a song to praise him. We have reason to praise him. I still have joy. We can have joy. But number four, that I still have trust in you, Lord. I want us to notice something that hopefully this is help. I remember you on my bed. His bed was a desert floor. And therefore, I meditate on you in the night watches. It's the night watches that can be difficult, isn't it? It's the night watches as we toss and turn and we wonder and we wrestle. Lord, what's going to happen? Lord, what's tomorrow, next week, next month going to hold for me? And as you are tossing and turning on your bed, meditate on him. Look to him. I meditate on you in the night watches because these things that run through our minds, and I go through the same thing as you do, can begin to just overtake our minds and begin to really overweigh our hearts. And I have to get my mind and my heart back on the Lord to not magnify the challenges and the difficulties that are there, yes, but I'm going to magnify you on the night watches. And Lord, I'm going to go to you because you are my help. I still trust in you. I I know, Lord, that you are almighty God that can help me in this situation. And, and, And Lord, you're going to see me through and you care about me. And I'm going to remain in that place. In the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. You know, I mentioned that Jesus, when he came into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry, he was weeping. There's a couple times in the scriptures that Jesus wept over Jerusalem because he knew that they would reject him. And as Jesus, one time he was weeping, and I've mentioned this before a couple weeks ago, that he was weeping, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I long to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing to come. And now your city is left, left to you desolate, and you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The Lord is calling you and me to be gathered under his wings for that place of protection. And in that place of protection, David says that I will rejoice in the shadow of your wings. I have trust in you that you're going to help me. And we can trust him and rest in him because he rose from the grave. He died for our sins and his love is true for us. My prayer is that we would, this week, draw close to him, continue to seek him, and that we would long for him. And you're going to see that the Lord's going to show up, and he's going to minister to your heart. He's going to honor that. And the Lord wants to do just amazing things in our lives, to open up our eyes spiritually, that perhaps before we never really took the time to do that. He wants to show himself strong on your behalf in every way. So let's pray. And, and don't turn off the, the, the computer or, or your iPad or smartphone. Let's, let's pray right now because we need to pray. And, Father, as we come, I thank you for these words. These psalms have brought us comfort. And, Lord, that is my prayer, that you would bring us to that place as we cry out to you and as we wait on you, that we would long for you. And Lord, that we would just sense your presence, and that you would fill our hearts with joy, that we would be reminded of the hope that we have through the cross of Jesus Christ and the empty tomb. And Lord, knowing that you are on the throne, you care for your your children, that we're adopted sons and daughters of the living God that can cry out, Abba, Father, that Lord, you care for our needs and you promise you'll supply our needs in Christ Jesus. So first of all, I just want to pray for those who are listening right now that are losing heart or overwhelmed with the, the fears, the anxieties. I pray that you would, Lord, bring joy, that you would bring peace, a peace that passes understanding, that they would sense your presence. That, Lord, you bring the comfort that only you can bring. Even as Paul would write to the Corinthians, that we had fears inwardly and conflicts outwardly, but the comfort of the Lord came to us. That, Lord, the comfort that only you can truly bring. an assurance that you see us and you care for us and you're going to get us through this. But during this time of waiting, during this time of need, during this time of, of hurt and concern, anxieties, whatever, you would be the Lord over all those things I want to pray for those who perhaps are hurting because they've lost their jobs or or maybe if there's anyone who is sick right now Lord that you would just provide that you would bring healing I pray for protection upon all the families of this fellowship Lord protect us from this virus protect us from sickness and also provide for us Lord the needs that that everyone has Lord I pray that our homes would be truly a sanctuary of where the things of the Lord are spoken, peace is given, Lord where there is uh, the praises of the Lord with joyful lips and Lord there would be a place of seeking you, help parents minister to their children, to their grandchildren to minister to the elderly uh, parents that we have That we would minister to brothers and sisters and those in the fellowship. Lord, to our neighbors as much as we can. And Lord, give us wisdom and help us not to focus on what we can't do, but to focus on what we can do. That we pray for our community, we pray for Weld County, we pray for our state, for our nation. Lord, that this would be a time of turning to you. That Lord, that you want to save during this time that we would be bold in speaking the truth of your word and the gospel message. That, Lord, that you would take away this COVID-19 virus and we would be able to get back to work and back to fellowship. We pray for that. But, Lord, in the meantime, the work that you want to do, we trust you in doing it and touching hearts and lives and drawing us to yourself. And I want to pray if there's anyone now listening that you've never come to Christ, that Jesus says, come to me, that I am the fountains of living water to refresh you, to save you, to forgive you. Because he went to that cross and died for your sins and he rose again. And he says, come to be forgiven. The greatest need that any man or any woman has is to be forgiven of their sins and to surrender to him as Lord and Savior because he is going to come back. He's at the right hand of the Father. He conquers sin and death. He's the only one that did that. He's truly the Son of God. And you can pray where you are that Lord, I come to you and I ask that you would be my Lord, my Savior of my life. Forgive me of my sins. And I believe you died for me and and you're alive and that you are my hope. So I thank you for hearing my prayer for this new beginning. And I want to know you and walk with you all the days of my life. And Father, I pray that you bless your people. Lord, we look forward to the teachings this week, being able to reach out, give words of encouragement, whatever you have for us, but every single day to seek you in in a dry and thirsty situation that we're in. I thank you that Jesus came to Jerusalem. He came to die. We look forward to when we will come back with him, when he comes back to the Mount of Olives to rule and reign. I thank you for this time together. Lord, I miss the congregation here. Please take care of them. Lord, the love that is in this place, I pray we never take it for granted. The family that you've put together. And until we are together again, Lord, please take care of the sheep. Lord, take care of them. Bless us. Help us to keep our eyes on you and the promise of eternal life. Bless everyone's week coming up. May we stay connected together in every way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everyone said from your homes, Amen and Amen. God bless you. We're going to see you next time.